1: Red, red Robbie comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song! Wake up, wake up, you sleepy head. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up. The sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I be blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers make listen, but still I listen for us. When he starts rubbing his own sweet song I'm just a kid again, do
2: League win, two league defeats, out the FA Cup, an untold amount of injuries. I want to take over. It's all been happening whilst we've been away. Welcome back to Charlton Live. 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 So, very good evening to you, and welcome back to Charlton Live, our first show after. Our Christmas break, Happy New Year uh, to all of our listeners. I hope you had a good one. Um, I'm Louis Mendes on tonight's show. We've got all sorts to talk about, really, haven't we? On tonight's show, there's been a been a game here, of course, at the Valley today. Uh, Charlton dumped out of the FA Cup. Uh, a very young side, wasn't it, by uh, by West Brom. So we'll talk a bit about that later on. Of course, we've got to talk about the fact that the uh, the takeover has finally been uh, ratified. Uh, whilst I was I was in Cardiff, actually, when that happened on my way down to, to Swansea. Uh, so we'll talk about our hopes and fears for the new regime, anything like that uh, that we can chat about. There's been a few games, so we'll talk about that as well. The, the, the Christmas games we've had in the league, uh, a win against Bristol City, defeats then uh, away at Derby and Swansea City as well. So we're going to chat about all of those things on this evening's Charlton Live. Uh, joining me in the studio here at the Valley we've both we've all been here all day after the FA Cup game to bring you a show. Uh on my right-hand side Nathan uh eating armies That's what we've been doing in the studio. While I've been waiting.
3: Uh, armies? <laughs> well, I had a pepperami. Oh, you had a, oh you had a Chinese,
2: didn't you? Yeah, I yeah. had a Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I
3: was going to say oh, I didn't uh, I don't recall a pepperami no, I anywhere in my uh face. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Had you said face, in a way. Yeah. Um, but
3: apart from that, like,
2: yeah, I'm good, Yeah, mate. stop holding the microphone like that, it's weird. <laughs> uh, are, you, are you all right?
3: Yeah, living the dream, mate. Yeah, did you have, yeah.
2: a, ni- did you have a nice break of that,
3: yeah? Yeah, it feels like... It feels like we ain't been in like months. Yeah, know. It, it does doesn't. feel it a, lot, a lot long time. Happens. I mean, when yeah. was uh, I can't remember the last time. What pre pre, pre like last, pre, game, last uh, time we was here was after the QPR, like QPR game, game. Yeah.
2: game. After after you wet your pants when Naby scored. But, oh yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. yeah.
3: Oh yeah, that was, that was a Christmas quiz, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, oh yeah, Champions. Yeah. Dragon yeah. and Nighthawk.
2: Yeah. Right. Keep your pants dry this evening. Also here <laughs> uh, on my left hand side is Lewis Cade. Lewis, All right. Yeah, good mate. You're right. Yeah, yeah, not bad. You have a nice nice break.
4: Oh, it was lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Enjoy quick, watching all it? the football still. Yeah, yeah, I did actually. I mean, I wasn't, wasn't overly keen on the, uh, the trip up to Derby on a Monday night and getting in at 2am after a 2-1 a defeat. But what mm. can you do?
2: You can do nothing about exactly. it. Exactly, huh? it's been I'm and gone, Lewis. It. Right been on, gone. on tonight's show, then we'll be uh, we'll be chatting about the takeover. Like I said, we we'll, we we'll, we'll discuss everything really that's happened over the last couple of weeks uh, in in the land of Charlton. So if you want to get involved, uh, plenty of you already have, and I'm looking forward to coming to it. But you can email us studio uh, at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us. Uh, at Charlton Live or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum, there's a thread on there for this evening's show like I say, anything you want to talk about, any of the performances over the last few weeks uh, including of course today's game uh, against West Bromwich Albion in the FA Cup uh, any of the young players who, who've played has any of them sort of stood out for you uh, in the la- in the last couple of games uh, the takeover itself, let us know what you, you've made now that the, the guys are here, what you hope that they uh, can achieve in their time at the Valley, uh, in particular in the next month or so because I guess it's a very big uh, month for the club with the January transfer window uh, open, uh, anything like that, like I say, studio at Charlton Live.co.uk. you can tweet us at Charlton Live or head over to the Charlton Live forum uh, to have your say on this evening's show. So, where were you, Nath? I was uh, I was on the train at Cardiff, yeah. uh, I got tipped off just before it was about to happen, uh, about a minute before, uh, and announced it to a train full of Charlton fans, and oh my god, it's about to happen, the takeover's coming, everyone's very excited, uh, where were you?
3: Where was it, New Year's Day?
2: And what were you wearing? No, it's on the second. You, do, you literally don't even know what day it is today. Yeah, do you? what day are we now? <laughs> second. So so what day was this? Friday. So it was on the second, on Thursday,
3: second of January.
2: The first the the day, of the Swansea game. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh wow, that's really.
3: Honest to I can't even remember.
2: How did you feel when it happens? Blinding. Yeah, I can imagine. Absolutely yeah. ecstatic.
3: I, yeah. mean, I think I think I found out from you. Oh yeah, you yeah you texted me, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I was. Um...
2: So you say already because I texted you in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was delighted I was just sort of uh, had a little you know little fist pump <laughs>
2: What you doing your spare time, mate? Eh? <laughs> uh, uh, Lewis, yourself? How are you? I mean, uh, I mean, because it's something that's been dragging on for a while now. And the longer it went on, the more people started to worry that something had gone wrong, or they were, they were, the the EFL had found something they weren't too happy with. Uh, so to to finally get it over the line, I mean, especially with the timing at the very start of January when we're into this this January transfer window, it was. It was, it was I mean, I felt quite relieved as well when that when that happened.
4: Yeah, definitely. I I, I was sort of. Getting into the point where I was starting to get a little bit worried that it being the Charlton way, would probably get approved on the the day before the January window closed, and we wouldn't wouldn't be able to strengthen properly. And it was it was getting a little bit a little bit sort of tetchy wasn't it, and a bit a bit fidgety. I was getting a bit concerned, but it was so nice for it to go through you know that that early into January. We can start building now, and hopefully. Get a couple of bodies in and, and help sort of ease this injury crisis and, and really kick on with a with the second half of the season and try and push ourselves back up the mm. table a little bit.
2: Yeah, club Pups, what you're doing after, and if Nathan is okay, but we ain't got time to go into that unfortunately. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nathan uh, so I mean, all right, so so we're looking here like like I so said, the timing's been perfect, mm. um, and what's going to happen over the next few days is going to be interesting. i I, I, I got. Got a feeling there'll be a a press conference probably by the end of the week. I imagine that the club themselves will will sit down and do an interview with with Matt South or the new chairman, Early Doors. Uh, So, the sort of stuff that he'll come out with over the next few days will be interesting. Um, I mean, well, you, you want you want to make a good first impression. I think he probably has so far in terms of what he's said, in terms of statements. He's been at all the games, you know, shown his face at the uh, uh, in the fans bar and whatnot. and met, and met a few supporters, so the, the next few days will be quite quite interesting, probably quite important for him as
3: well. Yeah, I think the first thing um, he needed to do, which is like you said, he's done already, was the engagement with the fans. Um, even little things, you know, um, events that you know Roland never did. Well, he never even come so. Uh, things like, you know, winning the upbeats at QPI, he went and met those, went and met all the guys down there, and like you say, the fans bar, so that was the first and foremost he needed to get done, just so he knows that he understands the club, learning, um, all the sort of hard work that goes around the club, and then now it's probably focusing more with Lee, Jacko and Steve Gallon in terms of uh, recruitment, um, because there's, there's no doubt we need a couple of bodies in to help us over. Um, but I agree, we we don't want to go too silly and buy everyone under the sun because we have got good players that are ready to come back. They're just all out at the same time, which is unfortunate. Mm, so yeah. Just a couple of sprinklings of quality just to help the boys through.
2: Yeah, and I guess day one as well tomorrow when he sits down would be to, to try and get Lee Bayer's contract sorted, Lewis, because clearly that's something that's you know important for the fans, or for the manager. And it would just provide that little bit of stability. Um I mean, we need it anyway, but it might help. It might help in terms of encouraging people to come in January as well. In terms of signings, if they know that Lee Bowyer, the manager, who's who's been so successful and helped to improve players, you know, that'll be a big thing that that potential new recruits would be looking out for to make sure that that manager's tied down to a good contract.
4: Yeah, definitely. I think you know, as, as supporters, we've been we've been begging for Lee Bowyer to get the contract he deserves for for a long time now. Um, that will, I, I imagine, it's going to be the you know ESI's main priority is in tying down Lee Bowyer and his staff on on proper contracts, and as you say, adding a bit of stability is going to be key because we've had it now for a couple of seasons where our manager's contract's been up in the summer, and it's yeah you know, we had it with, with Boyer originally when he was in interim manager and he only got that renewed permanently around September time last season so there was that uncertainty there after the summer window and then this summer obviously we go back to the bizarre statement that Roland put out when we all thought Lee Bowie was leaving and and it was all a bit up in the air and again he was only given a a one-year deal so for the sort of the long-term future of the of the playing side and of the coaching side is it's absolutely essential you tie down Lee Bowie because over the last couple of seasons he's been our a key asset you know he's a young manager who's who's passionate, who's overachieving under ridiculous circumstances and conditions with the previous ownership. And I I hope now that he gets a contract that rewards him for all of his hard work and that he can really sort of take it to the next level now under a, a more stable and supportive ownership.
2: Mm. Right, let's remind ourselves then of what the statement said when um, when it was announced that the the e Street investments takeover at the Valley has been uh, completed. It started off with, with, uh, with some comments from Roland, uh, the outgoing owner, saying it was vital for the long-term health of Charlton. That this deal was completed at the very start of the January transfer window. It allows the new owners to commit resources to the football side in order to bring in new players who will help secure the club's position in the championship. It's hugely exciting time for everybody involved with Charlton Athletic and I believe the club is safe in safe hands with his excellency to and the mayor and Matt Southall and Jonathan Heller Jack um, uh, and Roland wrote that That <laughs> <It> seems uh- a <laughs> Seems seems a bit unlikely. Anyway, then, Chairman Matt Southall said, I have been fortunate to meet many of the dedicated staff who have served the club so loyally and diligently and whose love of Charlton Athletic shines through. Their enthusiasm is part of the reason why we are so confident of building something special now. The takeover is complete. Since our last statement on November the 29th, uh, it has been my privilege to attend every game and see for myself why this football club means so much to so many people. I've met hundreds of fans, attended some of the club's community schemes and spoken with people for whom Charlton Athletic uh means everything uh, without exception uh, they've reminded me of what Charlton stands for both as a football club and as part of the wider community uh, rest assured we will never lose sight of that and we will do everything in our power to p- protect the legacy of the long term future of the club So, a great opportunity for ESI uh, and we are thankful to Roland Duchatelet and his team for giving us the chance to build on such strong foundations now for us the hard work begins we already have plans in place uh, to support Lee and his staff over the next month uh, but most importantly is strengthening our our links with both the fans and the Charlton community, so they understand our short-term and long-term plans for the club and how we intend to build on the amazing support uh, and goodwill already shown to ESI. So, I mean, nothing, nothing that they've said so far, uh, Nathan, is, is you know not what you'd hope to hear. I mean, everything, everything they, they seem to have struck the right chord so far, and, and that, and you know, that's a good start. It, it doesn't mean anything six months down the line, but right now it's a good start, and you have to you know make sure you get off
3: on the wrong foot. On yeah. the right foot, I should say. Yeah, cool. <laughs> of course. I mean, um, like you say, statements like that when you get new owners, they all comes in, you know, they're all empty words for me at the beginning. Not saying they're not going to do anything bad. We had the same with Roland and when Katrin come in Um but the difference with these guys, it seems f- straight away, is that they've made it, they've made it their business and they've they're taking an interest straight away. So he hasn't come out and said because know, I don't, Matt might have many other business interests. He might not be solely Cholton, but he won't come out and say, "Oh, it's only two percent of his time, or whatever, or five percent." He's come out, met everyone, come to all the games so far. He might not be here every game, so, you know. Like I said, he's done the bits with the community and stuff. So f- straight away, that strikes, you know, it stri- goes down well with fans, and I think that's the first thing that they could have done. Second thing probably be bows, and then and then you started, like you said, they've gone got off to the right foot. Um, whereas the predecessors, um, probably not so much. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no, it's a good start. Um, it's, it sounds sounds promising. Um, but, yeah, so it's, it's it's good times. I mean, if we look at over the last what, five, six years, wherever it's been, it's been very grey. But now it's started, that grey cloud started to drift away slightly. So, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. And it just looked... Just, just going to keep my feet firmly on the ground, but it's very, very uh, interesting times.
2: I mean, if you were to look then, Lewis, over the last six years, about mistakes that have been made at this club. Um, I mean, what would you hope that the new lot, the new, the new ESI uh, people, will, will, will see from the the last five or six years of the club, and, and perhaps learn from?
4: To not take uh, loyal supporters for granted. To, to you know, to manage, to give proper support to to coaching staff, and and realise that. It has to be run properly as a as a football club and can't be seen as a business. And it, there were there are a lot of flaws in that previous ownership. I mean, there are so many we, we could probably do at least four shows on just their mistakes alone. And it was so well publicised, thanks to protest groups, that it, I think they'd only have to look at, at videos and and sort of things online and, and news articles to realise just how bad it got. And it would take something seriously, you know, something I have to go seriously wrong for them to be as bad or worse as Roland's. They've just got to come in and, as as we've said already, about sort of grasping the fact that getting the supporters on side early and valuing what the club means to its supporters because it, it does. You know, you're talking about supporters that got their got their stadium back, and now you're talking about supporters that managed to, you know, they protested and given their own time and money to to get a an owner that couldn't care less about us out of a club and hopefully build towards a brighter future so they've got to realize that it's as a club it's got pretty powerful people in, involved as, in terms of supporters and stuff like that it's it's so it's sort of appreciated and loved by everybody that supports it they've got to really sort of take it under their wing and properly give this a go and and come in and and support people financially and, and make any changes that need that need to be changed you know, around the ground. There's there's all sorts. They've got, there's a, there's a big list of things. There's a, a lot of work left behind by Roland, and because nobody's felt supported, you know there'll, there'll be staff that have been so you know disenchanted with their football club over the last six years that they're going to get on side probably quite early. And it's all going to be positive changes, I imagine. I just as Nathan's already said, I just want to keep my feet on the ground because I remember getting quite excited when Roland first came in, and, and look how that turned out. So. Not without putting a damper on things. So I just want to sort of make sure that it, it goes the right way for us because, you know, there's every chance that it might not be as good as we hope, but there's also every chance that it's, it's going to be a really exciting uh, new era for the football club.
2: What, what will be interesting, Nath, over over the next weeks? So, I mean, like I say, I think, I've got a feeling Matt Southall's going to sit down and do an interview with the club in the next few days. Um, <clears throat> perhaps finding out a little bit more about <laughs> everyone's role. In, in the new world. So of course, you know, Matt Matt's gonna be the chairman. Uh it certainly looks like he's gonna be the face of, of ESI at the club. He's 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 been around at every game. Like I say he's been in he's been in the bars. He's he's shown his face at the community trust events as well. Um you know Tanoon Namir, his excellency, uh other than being a social media influencer on, on Instagram, <laughs> you know, we we haven't re- we haven't really heard anything from him yet. You know, we haven't seen him at the ground yet. Um, be interesting to see what his role will be going forward because, you know, I mean, Roland was very much a hands-off owner um, with, with Katrina as the face. Um, I mean, that that doesn't necessarily mean, if that's the same way that Tanoon and Matt do it, you know, Tanoon's not around. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a problem. But obviously with Roland, that was one of the problems because we, along with everything else, it felt like he didn't care. Whereas I don't, you, I don't think so far from Tanoon's Instagram posts, at least, you, you get the impression that he wants to feel part of it, in a way, at least.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you look through his Instagram posts, you know, he's involved with diplomats from uh, from countries all across the world. So, I don't think uh, running Cholton is going to be at the top of his, you know, to-do list, but by the same, same account that he's still showing an interest in Instagram, whether it, you know, whatever he's shown more of an interest in it than Roland ever did. Um and if, if you know if Matt is the you know the face of it again he's he's obviously going about it the right right way but yeah he's it's, it's difficult and it'll be interesting to to hear from Matt this week if it is this week to get an over over an overall picture of the whole situation. Um I'm not really one for um statements as in you know we'll be in the premiership in 3 years because anything can change from month to month. And I think you just sort of set yourself up for value really. But I think the main thing for me is to the stability on the pitch is to establish us into into the championship, get all the you know, the coaching staff you know, rewarded and investing in the club in different aspect like the training ground. I think that shows progression and I think success will follow. So, um but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um but yeah, to noon you know, his Instagram is a lot more insightful than Roland's ever was. Cause I don't think Roland ever had social media, did he?
2: That's probably for the best, to be fair, because every <laughs> time every time he we went on the Charlton website, it <laughs> was a bit <laughs> of a disaster. Um, but I mean, the, I noticed the last couple of times, the last couple of games as well, there's been videos on Tanoon's, uh, Numir's Instagram from within the ground and uh, another one today that I'm fa- fairly confident, I'd say 100% confident that he wasn't here. Uh, it would have just been one of his people putting it up there. But again, it just shows a, a level of of, of interest uh, in the club that, that perhaps we haven't seen, and you know, you go back to obviously what happens on the pitch is probably the most important thing at any football club. But we we, we saw with the gaffes, perhaps from from Katrine and, and from Roland with, with their statements, how if there's any disharmony off the field, I mean that that that, that will that will eventually it will end up affecting what happens on the field because the fans will stop coming, uh, they won't feel as valued by their club, and 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 you have to get the right balance to make sure that. You get that sort of stuff right, and make sure the, the fans feel part of that club again.
4: Yeah, exactly. And and as you say, the, one of the previous gaffes, you know, the famous one is is comparing football supporters to customers, isn't it? From Katrine. that's like the famous sort of sting, if you like. From her is that she didn't see us as somebody that that want to be involved in the club. You know, like us three here as supporters, we give up our time to produce this podcast because we we love doing it. And there are other people like that throughout the whole football club that might you know just because they're they're a supporter and a paying supporter that want to go in and watch a game it, it doesn't mean that they they can only be seen as a customer you know someone that just walks in and and, and you never, may never see again some people that she's comparing that to have been going to Charlton all their lives and there are there are a lot of gaffes under that ownership they just didn't quite grasp how much a football club can mean to people especially a club like Charlton and I just hope that these this new ownership now come in and, and realize you know what it, what it is what it is to be a a proper football supporter and in, in especially us because we are quite a unique football club in in what we've done and what we've been through in the past with losing losing our ground and getting it back and and everything like that I think people sort of we have we have a good uh sort of reputation among the the sort of footballing network of the UK people look at Charlton and they know you know, they talk about what we were like when we were in the Premier League, being this model club that people sort of use as, a, as the good example of how to run a football club. And we've lost that title under this ownership. So it would be nice now for for uh, ESI to come in and, and make some positive changes to to ensure that we can build again. And, and as Nave says, I, I'm, I'm also I'm not a fan of this whole setting unrealistic targets. And oh, we want to be a Premier League club in in X amount of years. It just It's not about coming in and spending millions upon millions upon millions. I just just want them to come in and and us to be able to compete properly and and for Lee Bowyer and his staff to be supported Mm -hmm. because there have been so many times, go back to the start of the season, where we've looked like we can really compete in this division and it's because we've got that lack of squad depth and the shortage because we didn't have the support there. We've seen ourselves sort of shoot ourselves in the foot a little bit and we've gone down the table. You think with a bit of proper support and backing where this football club could be is it has a lot of potential and, and it's an exciting time for, for all of us as Charlton fans now to see where we go in the next you know in the next couple of seasons.
2: Yeah because I guess you know like so you, you don't want to set unrealistic targets Nath about about getting to the Premier League in x amount of years but you want to you be in a position where the whoever the manager is and obviously Lee Bay is the manager currently and we hope he is going to be for a long time. Um, the, the, they they're they're backed in a situation where that if they if they do their job well, which Bo has done so far, they they can get us into that situation where it would be challenging for for for, for Premier League places. And obviously that, that that's a long way away at the moment. We have got to think about staying up this year, which you know I'm sure I'm, I'm sure we will do. But I mean that's the sort of thing. We we you know, no Charlton fan. Sat in this room or sat outside the room is expecting us to go and spend fifty million, get in Neymar, get promoted within within six months. You know, it's about building steadily, learning from any mistakes from the past that you know other championship clubs have made as well. Because everyone in the championship wants to get into the Premier League, building on on strong foundations and making sure you're up the right end of the table.
3: Yeah, Exactly. Um, <clears throat> obviously, what they need to do is when they invest, like you say, not just go out and spend fifty million on players that might not actually. Might not actually work. Uh, Boe has a way of plan. He, uh, you know, he likes his team to play in a certain style. He needs to go and get those players to fit any style, which will make us most, you know, make us competitive and make us um, probably a lot more successful than we are at this current moment due to the injuries. Um, and then what happens is obviously you get better and then you improve and you improve and then you obviously go up the table and that naturally, uh, that's what happens. As you get better, you start challenging for things. So that's what I'm saying about the three-year thing because anything can happen in three years. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it, as long as they let, which it seems like it's going to be the case, they let Steve Gallen and Bose do the recruitment because they both know the game. Um and then it's a successful follow. It will. I mean, yeah, it might not be. I'm not saying we're going to go on to win FA Cups and Champions Leagues or whatever. I'm not saying that. But uh, if, give, if we give give them the people that know football the right tools, they sh- they will more more often not get the results that we want.
2: Simple, isn't it? Running a football club It's, it's, the, it's a very complex business, but if you do it right, I imagine mm. it could be could be quite simple. Just let your football side of the of the world go ahead. Keep your fans happy. And then hopefully success follows. Uh, Other important things that you look a million years down the line, you say, oh, yeah, the valley is something that's always been very important to to Charlton fans. So, uh, you know, the upkeep of that place and making sure we don't leave that place, they're the sort of things that, that would keep. Uh, so supporters on side as well so lo- loads of stuff which I'm sure we'll uh, you know Matt and, and that will learn about uh, as they go on right we had some uh, tweets in about the takeover Sarah said that uh, uh, she was looking forward to this show it could only be full of positivity uh, it's the start of a new era happy new year and to you uh, of course Sarah Martin Brown said uh, over the moon with the takeover but it's still going to be tough to this season uh, I'll just be happy uh, with four from bottom and then we can build uh, next year John said I'm so happy about the takeover I would like to know what happened Happens now with transfers. How much will Boyer get to spend? Uh, we need players to come into strength for the squad, uh, but they need to be players that will be challenging for first-team football quality rather than quantity. Yeah, I mean the the business we do in January will be interesting um in a few ways, really. I guess it's a way for the new ownership to sort of um, set their stall. You know, I mean if they. Come in and spend what you know, and I'm not saying that means you know go out and spend 80 million on Harry Maguire. I'm thinking like they, they come in and, and be sensible and let Bo and Gallen get in the sort of players that they they like to get. I mean, Bose has said. Um, today when we spoke to him that he'll he'll have a bit of money to spend there, there'll, there'll be funds to spend in January uh, he's been obviously urgently looking at a striker with the injury problems we've had uh, Lyle Taylor's going to be out for two or three weeks I think Bond's out probably for a, a bit more than that by the sounds of it, he a hamstring isn't he so that tends to be a bit more than that um, so the, these are the sort of deals they're going to be thinking about and it's it's how they go about it and make sure they get the right the right people in in January that I mean in terms of short term planning that that's huge for them and they want to make sure they get off on the right foot in, in that case
4: yeah exactly and they're, and they're going to want to make sure you know it's you know Bo said earlier you know he's got his list of players and they've done their preparation on who they think can come into the football club and who who can improve the current crop of players we have now it's just now the difference is that we're probably going to have the financial support to be able to make the deals that we want to happen more likely to come over the line because this this stage of the season, you know, there, there's a lot of clubs, especially in the championship this season, that are sort of down the wrong end of the table that are going to want to strengthen financially. They would they would always sort of better us, like in terms of competing for wages and salaries or whatever like that, because because we didn't have the the money there to do so or the budget to do so. But hopefully now, you know, I'm not I'm not expecting. You know, millions per millions of pounds. I'm just, I'm just hoping that we can compete with other championship clubs at a similar level to us to try and land the targets that that we want. Because in the summer, we lost lost out on a lot of players that we that we you know had an eye on to teams even in League One. We we just the budget was nowhere near competitive enough for this division. So hopefully now that the takeover's done, we we can be a little bit more active in the market in terms of bringing the right players through that are going to be competitive in the Championship side
2: Mm, Tony says that the takeover all looks positive Uh, Matt Southall seems to be getting our club Uh, I hope we can all get all the coaching staff not just bows tied down to long deals consolidate this year and push on Uh, for next Dave says there's light at the end of the tunnel now the season starts at home next week uh, against West Bromwich Albion Steve Bennett delighted with the takeover hope they bring stability to the club before spending big Uh, in the past we have spent money because it's there to burn like in the Dowie era uh, and paid the price thereafter hope they listen to the fans and the community Uh, that's what the club uh, represents um uh, steph says uh, welcome back guys and happy new year and to you of course steph uh, hoping to hear of new contracts for bows etc this week uh, plus some contract extensions and new signings before the window closes this is the start of a new era uh, and we need to fill out the valley uh, on saturday to show our appreciation uh to all uh, of esi um steve nutley says we just need to get safe out the way uh, of the bottom three and then build uh, for next season um Simon says, uh, I read the takeover. It has to be great news. It seems strange he's finally gone, uh, though, Roland. Uh, Now, though, excited uh, as we all are, it feels like we're going into the unknown. I would welcome some official comments from Matt. Uh, to the website not just uh, on social media uh, building up to next Saturday though uh, is going to be uh, massive yeah so like I say, I mean you know all we've seen from Matt so far is the odd written statement what, what he sits down and do like I say if he does he'll do something with the club I dare say which should be, be interesting but they even more interesting when he does like a press conference or something like that so you know the, the, the likes of, of Richard Corley and that can really get their teeth in and find, find out more information because you know we don't know much about Matt you know he's, he's very welcome here uh, I'm really looking forward to get a chance to meet him myself hopefully and I'll, I'll hopefully try and get him on the pod at some point but we don't know much about him really we're, and we're, we're really excited to find out more what his plans are for the club
3: No of course I think it will be a, a nice little insight for all the fans um, yeah it'd be one. I think it would just build that sort of connection that we've sort of lost really with, with the pr- uh, previous owner um which will be nice i mean i think th- it's quite hard just thinking back to like we was talking about signings and stuff i think probably a takeover the worst time probably to do it is in the january transfer window because prices are going to be inflated people ain't going to want to sell so it's a, not a lot of people to, probably uh, us expecting to go sign four five six seven players now which i think i think it's only what one or two i think bose was saying so because remember, we have got everyone in, who's injured and they're going to come back and you just don't over-inflate a squad with full of wages when no one's playing. Um, but it'll be nice for... Um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it as well to sort of hear, you know, what Matt's about. I mean, he seems like a nice, genuine chap. Um, seems like he's going and doing all the right things, saying the right things, which, you know, and it's great. But it's nice to have someone at the club now. You know, Katrien was there for a while, which proved very successful didn't it but you know it's just nice to have that that, that face the old face even when Slater was here remember Michael Slater it was he's not the same as Matt Matt seems to surpass Michael Slater already do you know what I mean he just seems like a nice chap and um, yeah no, it'd be nice to actually hear what, um, hear what he's got to say Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure Rich and that will prob- probably give him a little bit of a grilling in a nice way, but yeah, yeah but no, it'd be nice. Though. It'd be good for everyone. Everyone'd be really looking yeah. forward
2: to it. Right, Anthony says Roland didn't care, and nor did his sidekick. Uh, the new owners, I hope, will come to some games. Uh, after all, it is his business. Uh, but Matt is representing the club home and away uh, in the directors' box. Yeah, that's interesting. Like so I say, expect, I expect we'll see Matt at pretty much every game. We've seen him every game so far. It would be nice to see Tanoun Namir uh, a couple of times. I think. I think I heard that Jonathan Heller, the other director. I think I've heard he's been. He's been at games. um as far as I know. But yeah, we want to see the big dog, don't we? We want to see Tahoon moneybags in a mirror not rocking around, you know, throwing out 50 quid to all the supporters and stuff. Like That's what we want to see. Uh, Sebo said, I was halfway between Cardiff and Swansea when I found out the takeover news uh, after I got back into standard class having to find the only space in first class between Swindon and Cardiff. Uh, also after Swindon, I was bursting for the toilet uh, and had not had I not found a toilet before finding out the news I would have almost, almost <laughs> certainly wet myself with excitement. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff, Seba. Yes, everyone was on my train. Uh going to uh, Swansea on uh, the other day it was a bloody nightmare. Our trains were cancelled and we had to keep messing around to change at Swindon. Waste of time. Um <laughs> Um uh, Anthony then adds, "We have always bought and sold players. Uh, most of the time, good deals. But until last season, Roland got it completely wrong. If the new owner gives Bowie the right tools, and players go out and players come in, uh, and we move forward, uh, then it's fine. Yeah, I guess one of the interesting things will be happening as well is how they deal with the Lyle Taylor situation. I mean, he needs a, he needs a new contract. Um, you know, there was a, just before Christmas there was some chat about Taylor turned down a new deal, which was a Roland offer." Uh, and then richard was saying he uh, he's not he's not sure that even esi will be able to keep taylor at the at the club so i mean that could be that could be a tough one for them because they don't want to be coming in and losing a, a star striker early doors but obviously they don't want to go crazy and offer him a billion pounds if that's if that's what needed to keep him i mean it's it's a tough one to see which way that
4: that's going to fall yeah it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how it develops over the next couple of weeks because obviously lars injured at the moment so he's going to be out for a couple of weeks it's whether a Obviously, at this at this stage of the season, teams that are up towards the top of the table are going to be looking for goal scorers to help sort of cement a place either in the top six or in the top two. I think that there'll be a lot of potential suitors in that that end of the division. It would just ultimately the decision will be Lyle's, won't it? Because I imagine that ESI will offer him a better deal than Roland did. It's just if they can if that deal competes with what's being offered by anybody else, I think that. Obviously, he's he's coming into a stage of his career now where he does really have to think about the money. So I I don't think, even, even if he does go, I don't think it can be seen as a, as an ESI failure because I think we've all sort of half expected that he probably will go this season, whether it be in January or, or in the summer. Um, me and Nath were talking during the game today. I, I, I do have a funny feeling that I, I can't, See him going. and I think I think we'll manage to keep hold of him this season. But I, I do think he'll probably leave in the summer.
2: Yeah, well, it'd be like I say, interesting to see how that one plays out. Right, Paul Glover says I think Sunderland are a recent example of how new owners might not bring better times. Uh, obviously, we have been there ourselves with uh, Roland Duchatel as well. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that Donald Donald Stewart is his name up at sure, up Donald at Sunderland. Stewart Donald up at Sunderland. Um, you know, came. I'm uh, fairly confident he came in and bought him. Uh, pr- pretty much in the and now looking to sell in pretty much in the entire time that Roland spent looking to sell anyway. But you know he came in to a club that was very much on a massive decline and you know ha- has been unable to arrest that that slide. You know obviously they they got beaten in a playoff final uh, last year by some absolute legends and uh, you know th- that that is just setting back because they're, they're they're struggling in in League One now. You know for for a club of their size. Um, so I guess the different the difference will be in the I mean you know for all for all the misgivings of the last few years I think that I have just have come in to take a club that's on an upward uh, an upward motion at the moment is that fair I was saying you know we've got promoted we we're struggling a bit in the seat because of the injuries but I think I think generally we we seem to be going forward at, at the moment and so they've come to to take over a club that has uh, has a potential and has a good feeling around it I'd
3: say so yeah. Um even if you put aside the promotion i think you've got someone uh someone in charge who's a good coach he has a rapport with the fans the fans are, have a good rapport with the players there's a good you know positive vibe around the place at the moment and with a sprinkling of little bit of um you know investment then i think it we can do really well um so yeah i think i would, yeah i wouldn't say we obviously we upward trajectory but yeah, we're going in the right direction at the moment, and things are ticking along nicely at the moment. Um, so I think it's a good, good little club. I think there's a lot of potential here, um, considering what we, we, you know, we're in a Premiership for a long time. Um, we've got a good academy, you know, we've got a good fan base. Obviously, it can, you know, will always improve. So I think it's a nice little deal um, for them. But yeah, I know, you know, I know. What, Paul, Paul was saying um, I'm not going to get too ahead of myself because anything can happen in football you know mm-hmm. like you said about Sunderland anything can happen but the way they've started they've started the right way and yeah. I think they might buy some time if they do make a wrong choice which they might do and they probably will along the way but the way they've connected with the fans already it, it just gives you them a little bit of leeway a yeah. little bit of slack with the fans
2: I guess if there's any fears then because like I mean, that's a, that's a, uh, as someone said earlier on you know it's, it's a bit of a step in, into the unknown because that's just the case. That's the case with any takeover now. Um, so I mean, is, is there anything in the back of your mind? Just thinking, oh, I, hope, I hope they make sure they, they, they do this or you know, don't make the mistake that that,
4: that Roland did in this, in this particular case or something? Uh, to be honest, at the moment, I think it's because the previous ownership was so bad and, and sort of out there and for everyone to see, I just, want to, I just want them to come in and sort of stabilise it a little bit. And I think that as long as they give a contract and get that sorted out then that's one big positive stepping stone and a and a good step in the right direction um i think that it's going it, to a lot's going to rest on what they do in january i think they'll be judged quite heavily in january in terms of how they invest and everything but i don't really have any fears if I'm honest because it, i can't see it physically getting any worse than it has been and you know we've we've sort of put up with the whole the Roland debacle for the, for six years, uh, and I think that going into something unknown is is actually is more exciting than sort of nerve wracking, to be honest. Because I think that mm. at least it, it's going to be an improvement on yeah. what it is.
2: Well, John Pitchers asked if we know what happened to the club's debt. Is it still owed to State Bricks uh, or a VSI taking it on? I think. Uh, well, I was told on the day it happened you know, originally back in November that the club would be debt-free after. So I'm, I'm sure that would come out more in the wash if anything. If anything's changed on <coughs> uh, on that front, right? Let's have a quick break uh, here on Charlton Live. When we come back, uh, have a little chat about today's FA Cup game uh, against West Bromwich Albion.
6: Chip, ball back across, Bowers there, pierces there, Bowers a header. And it's time! Yes! Oh, it's it! It's oh, it's 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 gone. Gone. oh, he scores! It's in.
1: Oh, Patrick Bar! You absolute German beauty! Oh! Dreamland! has have scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it, too! Gets in! Come on! What it's a time to be a Here, here at Wembley! Oh, my word! Oh,
6: my word! Charlton Live.
2: Welcome back, this is Charlton Live on your Sunday evening, our first show back uh, after our Christmas break, the first show uh, of the official ESI era, now that the takeover has been confirmed, we've been chatting about uh, that takeover on this evening's show so far, but there's been a game here at the Valley uh, today, uh, the Addicts taking on West Bromwich Albion in the third round of the FA Cup, uh, let's have a listen uh, to how it went down, over on Valley Pass, your commentators were of course uh, Greg Stubley and Terry
3: Smith. To the Charlton half, and ball... Finds Zahor, it's a little bit lazy from Charlton's midfield, so finds Zahor, can pick it up. Zahor, reverse ball, finds Edwards, lovely one-two. Zahor in the penalty area and scores. A little bit too easy for West Brom. Charlton didn't track their men. And Kenneth Zahor makes it 1-0 after 31 minutes.
6: Yeah, just uh, fell asleep there, Unfortunately didn't track, as so Hall came really deep for it, and nobody went with him, nobody tracked him, nobody from midfield took the responsibility to, to do so. A fairly simple one-two, found him back on the edge of the six-yard box, planted it past Dylan Phillips to open the scoring. dumped to the floor by... It. Oh, Hall. how is that not a foul? <laughs> and West Brom make it into the box, it's uh, Brunt, turns one way, then the have a chip, ball, off the crossbar, nobody reacting but Austin, what, what, what a, a save seven. from Dylan Phillips! Super oh, save from Dilla Phillips and then Nabisar clears the ball away, that but outstanding from the Charlton keeper what a save from Dylan Phillips what a, ne- what a bit of football
2: though all round really Chris Brunt's first was effort was that not
6: a foul was, you know, we'll sure come, we'll come
2: to
3: that in a minute too believe me but that from Brunt was outstanding little dink over the top hits the bar comes down and then Dylan Phillips sprawls himself Schmeichel like Austin thinks he scored denies him and so off well, the line I think just Benham's gets there the first
6: head. and heads it back to uh, well, actually it was uh, Harper in the end gets it back to Dylan Phillips who gets what it out here cool. on the left hand side of Oshilaja. Lager Oshilaja cuts inside. Back outside to Stevenson. Oshilaja goes on the overlap. Stevenson swings the ball into the box. Naby there, heads it back across. Davidson! Oh. Off the crossbar! Oh, so unlucky. West Brom hit it clear with O'Shea. And Nabisar's going to get back to retrieve this. Pulsating last couple of minutes. Can't get there, but it will run through to Morgan and chips it forward towards Davidson. Oh, Garsey with a touch and run to He takes the shot off! Oh, oh. Just over the bar! What an effort. Oh, my word. That almost sneaked in under the crossbar. And would have been highly unlikely finished to the game. You'd have got your replay, Terry. There the referee's whistle, and there is the end of the game. And uh, well, pretty much as with Thursday evening against Swansea, a young Charlton side gives it their all, takes a team top of the championship right
2: to the wire. So there we go. Just some some brief highlights of, of what went down here uh, at the Valley earlier on today. So lost lost by goals to nil. Kenneth uh, Zahor. With the uh, with the winner for West Bromwich Albion, but it's such a young team, Nathan. I mean, we knew, you know, we we've seen what, what happened at Swansea the other day and some of the games we faced recently. Um, I mean, the the injury crisis at the at the Valley is absolutely ridiculous to the extent that I mean, there, there's there's players who we've recalled to play in the league team, the likes of Alfie Doughty and, and Ben Dempsey. Who were already cup tired because it never occurred to us that we'd even need them in the cup, let alone the league a while ago. And you know, some of the players. I think was people saying that seven of the players who played today uh, weren't even born when Gareth Barry, you know, in, in the West Brom midfield made made his debut. A sixteen year old in Aaron Henry. <laughs> Mm. Making his debut, uh Abraham Odo making making his full debut. um the, Yeah, all sorts all sorts of names of players making the, making the first full starts. Andre uh, Green, of course, on loan from from Aston Villa as well. Uh, James Vennings making his full debut. I mean, so the the average age of our midfield was was about eighteen, and then uh, mm. Andre Green's only twenty one. Josh Davison up top, nineteen. I mean, it's such an inexperienced side in the middle of that park. Uh, and going forward but they, they, they were stuck in it nearly got a replay at the end there as well
3: yeah I mean when the te- then when we saw the team sheet you know it was a case for me it was like right, can we keep it to a respectable score not because I'm not saying the guys are not very good I mean you've got established premiership players Brunt Hagazi Barry Austin they're premiership players Zahori even scored he was a premiership player It's at Cardiff but the four I men- mentioned previously were proven premiership players um, and yeah, I mean the first, yeah, they 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 stuck out their guns, but not only were, were they obviously lacking experience, if just the physicality of them all, especially the midfield midfield free of obviously Venin's Henry and Ado, they're so different. I mean, there's a is a big old unit, and yeah, and that I think the first first half it was a, we looked a bit tentative, we didn't really have much going, but yeah, like you say, they they stuck at it. Um, they've done themselves very proud and played some ni- nice stuff towards the end in the second half um, but yeah I mean it's, it's as much as you know you were probably wasn't expecting too much of a result I mean in terms of hard work grit and how they've, they carried themselves I thought it was uh, impeccable really and I think they should be very very proud of themselves because mm. I was because yeah. um, they've done put a massive shift in and a couple
2: of the players at Stanford Toby Stevenson, stood out again ha- Toby the hat-trick uh, at left back did, did okay uh, so the, the youngster Aaron Henry in, in in midfield, he's not Charlton's youngest ever player because he's 16 and however many days. I think the youngest one is still John Joe Shelby at 16 and 59 days, which is incredible really uh, to, to think about. But he's up there. If he'd scored today, would have been our youngest ever scorer, but obviously uh, didn't. Josh Davison's had a couple of games now up top, played at Swansea. Uh, from the start, he's uh, off the bench a few times and uh, came so close to getting that replay, which, you know, if we're being honest, none of us wanted. Uh, <laughs> so it's not the end of the world, he didn't go in. But I mean, it would have been one hell of a way for him to sort of top off a, a great week that he's had.
4: Yeah, definitely. And I, you know what, with, with uh, Josh as well, I think he's. He, he's come in, and we obviously we only signed him from non-league sort of early stages of this season, didn't we? He was playing—I can't remember—Enfield Town. Enfield, yeah. I mean, it, yeah,
2: he had a youth career with Peterborough, and then sort of ended up moving on. But yeah, yeah.
4: So they obviously see something in him, and I, he sort of he did quite—you know he impressed me um, in stages up at uh, Swansea. I think there are a few sort of improvements that are required to his game. Um, in terms of trying, you know, just holding the ball up, But he's still a, he's a young kid, so these things are gonna they're gonna sort of develop over time. He's gonna he's gonna get you know bigger and bulkier over time and strengthen up a bit because there are times where he's looked like he's been bullied ever so slightly, you know, against two tough defenses in in West Brom and and with uh, Swansea on on Thursday night as well. Um, but it's it's such good experience for him. You know, Bo's said already that like, the experience is is just incredible at, at their age because if it wasn't for the injury crisis we have, they'd probably be out on loan getting their experience in, in the lower divisions. You know, you might be playing uh, in non-league, just sort of getting some minutes and, and building up his experience. So the fact that he's sort of being thrown in at the deep end and is, you know, showing real promising signs is, is a real credit. So I think I was really impressed today. You know, I, they really held their own against a really tough West Brom side. And of course, they'd made some changes as well. But there were some big, you know, figureheads in that side. You know, the Gareth Barrys, the... Uh, the Charlie Austins and and for some of our guys to, to come up against players like that and, and hold their own with very little league, league or cup experience in this environment I think I think it's a real a real achievement so I was really really proud of them today and
2: obviously an even better uh, achievement for Charlton is getting Johnny Williams and Tommy Hamed back out on the pitch both been injured since that 3-0 win uh, against Derby uh, half an hour for Temer, um, twenty minutes or so for, for Johnny. Uh, obviously, I mean the, the latter is the most important one for me because I, you know, we all love Johnny Williams, um, but you know Temer as well considering the the injury crisis up top with with Taylor and Bond both out at the moment, you know, I mean he uh, he's going to be called into action sooner rather than later, isn't he?
3: Yeah, it looks like it. Um, but you yeah, know it was important. We got some minutes into um, into both of them. Um, like you said, I think Johnny's a lot more influential than Tom, I'm not saying that Tom was not a very good player I just think we've not seen him yet because he sort of didn't really have a pre-season and broke down so um, but obviously times I've seen Tom before he's been a good player uh, so we just need to get him fit and not rush him back because otherwise if we rush him back it's going to happen to what happened to Lyle and and Co is that they break down so yeah we've, slowly but surely there's no point rushing Johnny you know we know his history record uh, his injury record rather Um so, yeah, we just bet, like Bo said, let me like just bet him in um, and take it a game at a time because we've still got a hell of a long season. We're only halfway through, so there's plenty of games. Uh, it's not like we're approaching the end of the season. Uh, so, yeah, it was important to get those minutes into them. So, just to mention on the young kids, I thought Venins was good the last the t- two games I saw him against Swansea and. He's only on a little bit for Swansea, but today he was really impressive in terms of where he got the ball and he always moved the ball into space and then made the pass. I thought he was impressive today.
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean, the likes of Toby Stevenson then. Mm. like so I mentioned him, I mean, he's been on loan, hasn't mm. he, out of um, daggers. Last week, yeah, yeah against he saw Bromley. Him, yeah. yeah, saw him against Bromley. I mean, I, I don't know if they'll... They'll want to keep them if they. They probably want to get the, those the, those sort of players back out on loan because we need to remember they do need to go out and get their experience. It's very mm-hmm. rare that you know the, the players, the, the lights of the, the Davisons and the, and the Dempseys and, and whoever the doubt, even Alfie has done well. You know they really should be out there learning their trade before mm-hmm. before they before they're thrust into a. A championship season.
3: I I, the only thing is with that, though, so is aren't you only allowed to play for two teams? In that's a the season? only thing,
2: yeah. We're not sure how many, I'm not sure if it's, it's different league? with non league or because yeah. Tony Watt definitely played for three teams in one season. Yeah. So, Unless I mean, it, it must be non league, yeah, maybe. But, but I don't know, yeah. but So, ideally, you want them to get mm. out and, and and get some more experience.
3: <laughs> Unless you, well, you'd you put them down there, but if you think they're capable of doing a League Two job, then that's what you don't want to put them in a league where they're probably too good for it. Like Morgan, I think. Albie's probably a bit better than the National League, in my opinion. He should be League Two. Um, But yeah, I mean, yeah, like you say, uh, ideally, I mean, probably not the Aaron Henrys. He'd probably have to work his way up through the 18s and the 23s or the 20s. Um, But definitely people like uh, Stevenson um, and probably Brendan, they're probably at that age now where they might need to start kicking on a bit. I think Toby should be as well. I think it's time where he's either going to be they're going to know if he's going to have a future here or if it's at a lower level. Um, it's hard to say that because I remember mm. the, obviously the Stevenage game. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, we do, like you say, we do need to put them out because there's no point in us keeping them there playing under 23 games. It's chalk mm. and cheese between that and men's football. Yeah. They need to go out and play games.
2: Yeah, I mean, we'd, uh, one of the things we saw today, one of the best saves you would have seen in a long time. Uh, remarkable sort of 20 seconds period of play. Chris Brunts all wriggling his way through. Uh, in 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 the Charlton penalty area a little dinky chip that that caught Dylan out, and it was going. He looked like he was going, in comes off the crossbar, bounces down in the six yard box, and there's Charlie Austin, you know, looking like Eminem in the in the early 2000s with his blonde <laughs> hair, blonde hair, uh, he, point blank range. How Dylan's kept that one out, and then it was a bit of luck with the way the ball sort of spun away from the from the goal line after it's rebounding. But I mean, it's one of the greatest saves I've seen down here in a long time, uh, and you sort of come to expect that now from Dylan. He he, he he's, uh, he's he's he's
4: got a Hollywood. Would save in him, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. And, and it's getting to a stage now where he has that Hollywood saving him at least once a game. You know, we saw the up at QPR when he was left one-on-one with Naki Wells, and he and he managed to sort of get into Naki Wells' head and, and keep that out. There's been great saves against Bristol City. There were some good saves up at Derby. Uh, I didn't. I didn't go to Swansea, so I wasn't wasn't overly sure of it. I imagine that he's you know he's just someone that's really come into his own, Dylan, and and he he's obviously had his frustrations here with like even as early as last season when when uh, Jed Steer came in and and he found himself on the bench then it looked like we were going to bring in somebody else again when we brought in Chris Maxwell and Dylan stepped up then and, and ever since then has been one of the standout if not the standout performer for me in the Charlton shirt over this last calendar year I think he's been absolutely phenomenal he's a A nice chap around the club and people are really sort of buying into what Dylan Phillips is about and I'm really really happy for him because at the moment in my eyes I think he's he's my player of the year hands down at Mm. the moment Dylan Phillips I think he's been absolutely outstanding
2: yeah so this time last year after a second round we were talking with you know there's a bit of debate about the fact that we changed so many players you know arguably we weren't taking the (laughs) cup that seriously we didn't get through the second we got we're in the second round we got knocked out by Donny uh, got our own back though in the, in the playoff semi-final but yeah. you know I mean obviously I don't think you can really question too much just because of the situation we're in but you know I mean, no uh, no one's really sitting here devastated we're at the cup and that low low crowd today was it 6, 6 just under 6,500 sort of shows that you know we're, we're not really a cup club anymore are we that's, not, that's mm-hmm. not our thing if we'd drawn Liverpool at home it might be a different story but
3: I don't I, I just don't think the FA Cup's a cup anymore I don't I just think that it's dead, the FA Cup, in my opinion. I, th- I don't think that's through clubs. I think that's probably through the leagues piling fixtures on throughout Christmas and then the, first, the third round of the FA Cup is the first weekend after an intense period. So you're going to have to change it. You've got to look out for the welfare of the players. That's, that's your first priority is the safety of players. Um, so for me, I mean, yeah, it's not great that we're, we're, we're forced to. I mean, West Brom could have fielded their full-strength side, but... I mean, if you're if you're forcing teams to play three games in what s- seven days or whatever it was, something stupid, then they're not robots. They're going to have to have a rest at some point. Um, so for me, I just think the, it's not a club's fault, ours or West Brom's or anyone's. I think it's the league's fault, and mm. and that's why the FA Cup is dead for yeah. me.
2: Well, Rob tweeted in there from today's match: disgusted. Naby uh, Naby did a handball in the area, so it should have been a penalty, and he got away with it. I
3: wonder if that was was that the Charlie Austin header. Uh, that was in the f- that was in the first half. I uh, think I
2: might have yeah. missed that. And then he says, Odo, the trip uh, was inside the area for for Rob and Should have been a penalty again. Yeah, I haven't I seen that one back. It looked it looked like he was sort of right on the edge. Yeah. Mm. Uh, he could have gone either way. Yeah, think, Bo Bo we? sort of wasn't entirely sure. Like I say, he could have gone either way. I mean, Thomas Hammond nearly equalised as well. Actually, didn't towards right, the end. <laughs> yeah. It would have been a, one hell of a way to, to to get your first goal uh, for the for the for the club as well? Um, we we had some tweets in earlier as well from. Uh, Uh, from ev let me just try and find them well they've disappeared where's they gone Uh, there we go right said uh, happy new year to all the young lads did themselves proud Uh, we were never going to progress this year but they fought with all their abilities i'm super proud of them all Uh, next saturday will be a stronger team uh, and we should gain a point Uh, with our injury list getting slightly shorter uh, we may just be okay over the coming weeks Uh, we may even surprise a few uh, come may yeah Talk about our injury list getting short i'm in here josh cullens back with the club uh, you know, would have gone back to West Ham with with his injury. He'd be back next, uh, uh, next uh, tomorrow, he will be back and uh, should be fit in the next sort of 10 days or so, 10 days to two weeks. No Taylor's probably going to be out two or three weeks. So, I mean, players will start to come back now, which is obviously uh, obviously quite important. Right, let's have a listen to what Lee Bowyer made uh, of the defeat against West Bromwich uh, Albion yeah. in the Cup. He came in to speak to Terry uh, after the game.
5: Yeah, obviously, I, like you said, I don't like losing. I don't want to lose any game, but. I think the the manner that we've lost that game, I think, is the, the, the players can can walk away with their head held high. Um, taking into account uh, our starting eleven to their starting eleven, we have a, a lot of kids, and and they they done well, they done well, they they tried, they tried to move the ball, they tried to win the ball back, the, and they're playing against top players top players like Gareth Barry I played against him very good player Brunt very good player played against him uh, striker um, what's the striker's name uh, Charlie Austin Charlie <coughs> Austin I know that's like a top striker you know like listen, these kids the experience they've just gained out there for Albie for, for Abraham for Henry and, and Venins and uh, they're, they're closing down these people that have been playing and have so much experience and they're trying to run off them you know like they've gained so much and, and that can only benefit us as a football club in the long term um, but I think you could tell physically massive difference like massive but they tried and they get putting their little bodies in the way and and uh, yeah so I can't fault them I just went in there and said like like thank you like you've you done great yeah, we didn't win but we, you, you give everything that you can <coughs> co-commentator Greg came
6: out of the stat before that um, on the day Aaron Henry was born 20 days later uh, Gareth Barry was scoring for Aston Villa against us <laughs> which uh, puts it into perspective a little bit
5: yeah yeah. Um, Gareth Barry is just such a good player and, and, and he looks like he don't even look out of place still he's still doing what he was doing when I was playing against him so he's just, just getting the ball and just passing it and moving the ball quickly don't take a lot of touches, and that's what the kids should take from that. The the, the young lads should take them. Um, could they get close to him? Why they couldn't get close to him? And so, um, yeah. And, and their energy—they've got full of energy, you know. I don't even know how old he is anymore, but <laughs> he's. So their energy should help them get closer to him. But because of his cleverness in it, yeah. So um, they should take a lot from it.
6: Just a few things that stick out of the game, <coughs> and I'll keep it quick. The first one, uh, the goal, that when it came, was the one yeah. time we switched off pretty much in the, in the whole of the game, let alone yeah. the first half. Mm. And that must be a little disappointing, of course, and frustrating. But then, <coughs> in the second half, the way we carried the game to West Brom again, pretty much as we did Thursday against Swansea, mm. and almost, uh, not just nicked it, but could have uh, could have gone on to won it with uh, first Davison's one off the bar, and then uh, Thomas is just over it.
5: Yeah, yeah. Um and again, like, this is this is what we do. We just keep going and going and going and uh, first half I thought we was well organised. I thought we've got a lot of kids out there, just be organized, be steady and strong and and then we re reevaluate it at half time and, and um, the one time, like you said, the one time bit of passing and movement that fell asleep and who tracks who and, and that's the quality that they're that's why they, they're top players.
0: All exit gates steward so, you may now stand uh, down. All exit gates you may now stand down. They learn from that.
5: The midfielders are learning the centre. Halves are learned like this. And the difference is they get that one chance, boom, goal. Like took it. Uh, so yeah. But most important thing for me, we, we changed it at half time and went with the two up top and and then we, we created them some problems. Um and like you said, then on another day we might have nicked it. So
6: Coming to something when uh, you look at Vennings and, uh, and Davison and they're the m- more experienced players out there when you've got uh, the likes of Henry and uh, Ado and Meredu mm. on, on the pitch. But overall, given uh, today as well and uh, and the festive period, what would be your, your, your overriding opinion of, uh, of of this? what is a dense fixture list
5: over this time? Yeah, I think I've, we've tried everything. That, that's all I can say. We've tried everything try to chop and change as much as we possibly humanly can Um but I'd say that we've we've not disrespected ourselves and, and we've held our own and yeah of course at times <coughs> sorry at, at times teams have outplayed us but you have to remember like what the situations are and like you like today, again, this team here could go and play in a championship and be fine. The whole season, the ch- team we've just played there. So, overall...
0: Staff announcement, please note that the normal fire alarm procedures are now in place. Thank you.
5: Overall, I think I think we're doing
6: okay. Well,
0: you've got a week off now.
6: Same opposition next Saturday. <coughs> uh, good to see Johnny Williams and Tommy Hammond back from uh, from injury. Uh, Any more bodies likely to be back for next Saturday? Or, uh, I suppose, bodies in as well?
5: Yeah, obviously we'd be looking to bring in one or two bodies before the next game. Uh, Would be silly not to. But, like I've said before, we have to try and bring in the right people. Uh, It's important now, we've got 20-odd games to go. Our players will start coming back. Um, So, we have to bring in the right ones that are going to strengthen the squad. (coughs) (coughs) Sorry, and... um, that's the most important thing, but we've we've got um a list that we're working to and hopefully we can get that through the door.
3: And Gallagher keeping in for Charlton, he's under a bit of pressure, flicks it on towards Pierce. Little flick forward towards Williams. Williams is away. Williams in a bounce here, collects, Williams, skies pass Allen, there, no Williams! Oh. Can Gallagher retrieving ball we can but further wide Gallagher ball into Colin Colin has got Bradley behind him Colin into the pounds area. Colin still ball across goal and to Wales,
2: last from the past isn't it Chuck and Ike he's <laughs> out injured at the moment uh, still Lee yeah that was uh, chatting to Terry after uh, today's FA Cup defeat against uh, West Bromwich I've been proud of his players as, you, as you'd expect I mean that's that's been a bit of a recurring theme over the last few days as we've, we're putting out very young teams um, you know Derby aside where where we didn't play well Lewis you know we, we they're doing the best they can at the moment we just need to get through this this horrible spell and come out of it the other side. Are you talk about players coming in now? A couple of players, you know, striker maybe, because we desperately need one. Because as it stands, we're asking Josh Davison to go out and play Championship football when he's too young. He's not. He's he's, he's not had the experience that he needs just yet. He's done okay. He's held his own, uh, but it's not fair
4: on the young man to keep asking him to do that. No, it's not. It can it can sort of it can affect. A- a young players' career. Could what happened to Joe Piggott? Yeah, Even Joe Carlin. Piggott, when he first came Carlin in. Yeah, there are so many examples of player where where it's happened, and we've sort of pushed them in at the deep end too early, and the the pressure on the shoulders can on it, it just wipes them of all confidence. And we've got to be we've got to be careful at doing that. Obviously, we're in a position now where we haven't got a lot of choice. But you'd like to think that we can try and get someone in now before West Brom on Saturday. Um. In terms of who I don't know, I haven't seen any targets out there at all. In terms of rumours, so it'd be interesting to see who we've who we've got our eyes on. Um, and then obviously it's it's just a case of, of building from there. But like you say, the, the young the young players have, have really really impressed me, and, and we've not we could have easily been on the end of a couple of hidings given the lack of experience in those sides, and we haven't. We've we've sort of competed, and there have been the odd game, you know, derby as you as you said, there wasn't. It wasn't the best performance, you know. Took five minutes for it. the last five minutes, we sort of woke up, which is never good enough at this level. We've we've had a couple of performances like that up at Middlesbrough as well, but they've been few and far between. And we still haven't been on the on the end of you know a four nil or a five nil drubbing in either of those games where we played really badly. So I think we show that we can compete, um, but it's it's very important we don't we don't put too much pressure on these youngsters already because, as, as you've said, it it can be a massive. Massive can have a massive effect on the rest of their career.
2: Mm. Right, Robert Maloney emailed in saying uh, we played well today. Should we play Oshilaja at the centre of the midfield? I mean, we saw we've seen Deji now centre half, centre midfield, defensive midfield. Uh, I think we've seen him right back at some point, which I believe was the position we signed him in. But um, <laughs> you know, um, he's shown his versatility. Naif, I mean, what do you think? The best we've seen is alongside Naby today. I, th- I thought he did quite well today. Um, I've, I've I've seen perhaps. I think he was center half up at Middlesbrough, where perhaps it wasn't the best performance from the team at all. Uh, would you Would you think is the role that suits him best? Yeah,
3: I I'd still say centre half. Um, he can obviously fill in at right back if need be. I mean, the games he's played at the DM, he's he's done okay. Um, but technically, uh, I think to play at a DM, you've got to be quite quick and you've got to be quite uh, good positionally, which I think there was a couple of games where his positional play was quite was quite a suspect but that you know he he played okay there but um if if he has to do a job there cuz obviously we've got loads of defenders at the moment I think he can um but I think if you're playing him at the bottom of a diamond you're probably more it probably makes more sense just to put him in the back three and then just have your wing backs in um but yeah he he can do a job there I mean I think I remember seeing Solly play the end before Many years ago that was, but um, yeah, he could do a job there. But I just think we need to get obviously Cullen fixed. I think that's obviously where we're that's where you notice us mm. massively. Yeah. since he's been out. Yeah, I think um, I think
2: with Cullen is a case of a lot of people didn't realise what we we're yeah, missing until exactly. he's gone because uh, because he sort of does his job on the on the quiet so thanks for your uh your email Rob right Adam Biggs says uh next Saturday uh I want Charlton to play well again get the win get the three points on the table for uh the uh Charlton fans uh and for Lee Bayer that's from Adam cheers for that Adam I hope you're well and all the uh, the rest of the Charlton uh, upbeats right question from uh Paul Glover uh and uh says it says he was thinking in the shower yesterday cheers Paul that's a, that's a lovely image. But us again. Yeah, is, uh, yeah can't stop it. Uh, I know that we have had injury problems throughout the squad. Uh, Williams in particular, as we know, has been plagued with injuries uh, throughout his career. When he signed for us, we knew this was a risk. Uh, today he made an appearance for about 15 minutes, his first since uh, the 19th of October against Derby. He's clearly a good footballer and a top bloke from what I've seen and here. Uh, it says, I-, I can't imagine it's an easy decision to make. Uh, the scenario will be a different one to last season uh, when he uh, came up uh, from League One. I believe we will remain in the Championship and have new owners, so our circumstances are not as desperate as they once were. What would you do if you are Lee Bowyer? Do we keep taking the risk and offer him a new contract? Is it his potential versus the wages being paid uh, worth keeping him after this season? Uh, I don't know what to do. I mean, for me, it's a no-brainer. If you can keep Johnny Williams, you keep him. Yeah, 100%. So that's the first long-term injury he's had since he's been here. Uh, And everyone else has had him at the same time as well. It's It's not like he's a standout person who's dropping dead all the time. I mean, it surely the the benefits outweigh the negatives there shortly.
4: Yeah, and also I think if we are going to progress and we're going to have a bit more financial support, the squad is naturally going to have a lot more depth. So you'll be able to rotate a lot more. You know, the the main problem with Williams is that we had Osterma came in and he got injured, and then as Williams got injured, Osterma got fit, and then Osterma got injured because there was no rotation. You you kind of couldn't sort of swap between the two. I think Johnny has, has sort of shown in his time here that he's an incredible player he's he's extremely capable at this level i think he actually looks more effective in the championship than he did in league 1 i think that he's he's looked really good this season when he's played the the injury was extremely unfortunate because as as uh, glove pup said there about you know he has been plagued with injury throughout his career but we have to remember it's, it is his only long term one here so far touch wood and I think there's so much potential with Johnny and I think he, he's at the right club to sort of settle now and develop his career because it has been quite turbulent with the injuries he's had throughout his career and he's still fairly young. So I think that I think he's at the right place at the moment and I think having him in and around the place and what he does on the pitch and what he brings to the team is only going to benefit us.
2: Yeah.
3: You keep him, Nate? Oh, 100%. I think you take Johnny Williams. Uh, out. Who, who? What other player have we got like him? None. Erhan, uh, don't run with a ball. Erhan's uh, not. These are different ten. Um... I think with Johnny, you can play him in the ten. You can play him out wide. Erhan's uh, normally probably, probably more central. So I think as soon as you take Johnny out, you're looking at around the squad and okay, right. If you want someone to th- just to drift out wide that little bit, who have you got? No one really, have you? We've mm. got Andre Green now, but apart from that, you've not yeah. got anyone with anyone with any natural width. So when you're chasing games, you want to try and stretch the play. You bring Johnny on, you know what mm. you're going to get. Whereas if you ain't, you can't put you can't just put Oztemur out on left wing, can you? So. No. I think, yeah, you know, we, when we get some more investment, you might be able to compliment Johnny in certain ways. I think, um, but yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely keep him, and well, unless he's on to some extortionate wages. Yeah, um, but I mean, yeah, you, sort of, you, you could just going from the when you used to see when I saw Johnny Williams at Sunderland at Forest and stuff like that. He's a different player and that's what Bo said. He's, he's working now. He's working hard. He gives more to the team than just running with the ball.
2: Yeah, and that's what Bo does uh, to a player. Make sure he's uh, in that work ethic. Uh, finally, uh, from the rest of Paul's email, says, just to add, I've been really impressed by the team spirit in the last couple of games. The youngsters are rightly so being clapped off the pitch. The future is bright. Come on, you, Alex. That's from Paul Glover. Yeah, we well, talked about the last couple of games. Obviously, we've been off uh, for our Christmas break, as uh, as is traditional at Charlton Live Towers, um, so we've missed free game. We haven't talked about the free games that happened over the Christmas break. Uh, let's remind us, so uh, remind ourselves of what happened in those games. Uh, starts with a Bristol City at home on Boxing Day.
6: onside, McCauley Bob, getting fast first Ben, he does, chips it over it, what is is going in, ben. yeah, what a finish, what a finish, McCauley
3: Bob. Find Eliasson on the right hand side, double step over onto his left foot, lovely swinging cross, as headed for Brownhill,
6: well, Reimann, should I
3: say, and Bristol City substitutions immediately involved. Space, Brownhill, ball in the box, now Gizello, it's coming oh, from Morgan Falls, nice, Eliasson is in. Reflection comes the way of the substitute, who nutmegs Dylan Phillips and makes it Bristol City 2, John 1. Gets a flick on
6: Bond towards Taylor, Taylor trying to flick it back into Bond. can he get there Vaughn? No, Callis just gets it there, Bond gets it! Yes! What a finish! with a stunner!
1: Absolute belting finish from Macaulay Vaughn!
6: Lockyer gets the second one and the third one and now will pursue it across to the right hand side. Looking in front of him, Bon makes the run down the right. What a ball! A great ball to find him. Beyond de Silva, Bond to the byline. cross Dante. Oh, is! oh, Vizanti! A spirit in for John
1: What a superb goal for the annex! Absolutely outstanding.
5: Today we we've played against a very good, strong Bristol City side. With all the people out that we have out and our lads still keep digging. Young lads, like, they're making mistakes. But they're learning. But they work rate, they're trying, you know? Like, I can't fault.
6: Derby, you get us underway here at Pride Park. Goes back out right to Wisdom. He's got space. Wisdom ball into the box. Beats everybody. Wackles there. That's another save from Phillips. And then bundled over the line. I can't see who did it. I think it might be Knight. And Charlton 1-0 down. Left to Knight. Knight comes back on his right foot and tries to find uh, one. Oh, that's, oh, that's outrageous. outrageous oh, Christian Bick has taken oh, out no, Conor Gallagher. That's a, that's a disgusting discussion. tackle. And it is a red card. It had to be really. Holmes goes uh, back across to the opposite side. Chipped in across. Oh, and it's a clear shot for Knight on the far side and there'll be a 2 Taylor collects the ball little ball inside the Gallagher into the penalty area goes past his man that has to be a penalty yes it is Charlton have a penalty well, Taylor, might just give him a bit of fire in the belly he's been out of action for a considerable time now back in it in the last couple of weeks because now his first opportunities since returning and he'll step forward in his usual style towards the penalty spot meets it and buries it to the left hand side of Hamer and John are back in this and there's the referee blowing his whistle finishing here 2-1 to
5: Derby. Uh, poor start f- from start to finish um, We got, uh, battled our fault, we were second to to all the second balls. Um, We got what we deserve. nothing, nothing from the game. And
6: we are underway here at the Liberty Stadium with Swansea, going down their right hand side. Ball to the left, touched by Routledge, back to Danda, takes the shot away to the left and he scores. Low shot to Dylan Phillips' left-hand side. Dylan might be a little disappointed he got beaten down in that corner. but Swansea have the lead. Out it comes. Referee now blows his whistle. And not the uh, result we wanted, but I have to say the performance in the second half from this young side was outstanding.
5: I'm proud. I said to the players, just just go out there, you young lads, grab the opportunity. Um, And and I said to the players, I know you youngsters are going to give me everything that you've got. I've said that before the game, and they didn't disappoint.
2: So there we go, a bit of a mixed bag of results uh, over the Christmas period, the 3-2 win. Uh, at home to Bristol City a uh, coaster ride of a game that was uh, with Alfie Doughty grabbing his first Addicts goal late on uh, as Trump scored twice in four minutes towards the end to, to come back from 2-1 down to win that 1-3-2 then we went up to Derby and put in a really frustrating disappointing performance against uh, a side that had 10 men for the majority uh, of the play ended up losing uh, 2-1 uh, and then Swansea uh, the other day uh, a goal down early uh, losing Lyle Taylor at half-time to injury such a, a young side that was out there but you know, gave it a real good go in that second half, and, and nearly came away with something. Um, obviously, only one win in that time. Nath. Uh, was it one win in thirteen, fourteen games. Now uh, we know we know what the situation is. It's tough. We're in we're in a bad run, and the amount of injuries we've got means it ain't going to be getting any easier. I mean, what have you from the performances over the Christmas period? What have you taken from it? Do you still feel? Happy that we'll be okay, you know. We, we've shown that yeah. ahead of a lot of fight in some of those games,
3: yeah. I think if you, um, it's, it's obviously when you don't like losing any game, but um, I was quite happy to lose to, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> rather than draw exactly. And <laughs> then, uh, obviously, the, the Bristol City game being from, from 2 1 down, um, having the spirit and the drive to get back in that with a lot of kids on that on the pitch that day. Obviously, Alfie scored the goal, so. Um, yeah, I, I'm not too disheartened because I think if you, if you look at the game against Derby, especially where it was probably our worst performance out of the bunch, um, you look at the starting line-up there and then you look at the starting line-up when we absolutely pummeled them here, yeah, it's chalk and cheese. So I think once we get our... Not all the players. We probably won't have every single person fit now for the rest of the year. But the players I'm talking about, you know, the the forwards and the Cullens, they're the ones for me that you notice. Um, so I think I'm I'm not worried about it in terms of staying up. I still think we will. I still think we'll finish mid table. Um, it's just we just need these players back. But f- those results it just shows the character and bottle them all the chaps have got, including the young lads Mm. uh, today and Swansea, that Swansea second half, I haven't been so proud of a performance for a long, long time because me and Tom were talking half time. I think we were saying to you as well, like I could see this being three, four, five, six here, like the whole days and the the Huddersfields. But then they turned up and they said, you know what? No, we're having another go at this. And I couldn't, even though we didn't score, we absolutely get Adam camped. And it was so so good to see, see all those young chaps get, um, you know, like the the Venins and the Davisons and that, really putting on a shift. And and that, for me, was the make. So even though we lost, we only won one, it, it opened my eyes a little bit to show how much these players love playing for this team and what Bo's got there.
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean, one of those young players that stood out over the Christmas period and perhaps a bit before Alfie Doughty, I'll say, got his goal against Bristol City I thought he changed the game when he came on didn't he against against Swansea as well should have scored actually he had that he had that chance early on in the second period but putting a couple of decent crosses you know we can't expect him to go out and do that every game for the rest of the championship season because that's not how it works especially for for a young player but he's shown a hell of a lot of potential from what we've seen over the last few weeks I remember him playing quite well against Cardiff I think it was at home as well Um, and, and, and Bo will be pleased to know he's got an option like him you know, in reserve, if the worst comes to the worst, and, and he does have to to use the players of that age.
4: Yeah, I, I think Alfie's done himself no harm whatsoever. I think he's he's grasped an opportunity, and he's he's performed. He's he's played really well in in all the games I've seen him. The Derby game, I think, it was probably the only game I've I've seen where I, I feel like he he didn't have his best game. I think he struggled up at Derby, um, but apart from that. I was really impressed when i when i went and saw him at qpr i think he'd only just come back from being poorly i think he'd, when they had that ridiculous illness bug go around the whole training ground i think alfie had only just recovered from that the day before and the performance he put in up at qpr was was fantastic and i was really happy that he got his goal on boxing day as well because i think his performances have have warranted a goal recently i think i think he's he's really played well and he's impressed me and I think it, as much as it's going to be nice for to get some players back to take the pressure off the youngsters like like Alfie Doughty, like Albie Morgan, it's it's also as you say good to know that that they're there and they're willing to sort of grasp their opportunity when they when given the chance to. So mm. um, it's it's you know they're just they're just proving to everybody that they've got they've got bright futures in the yeah, game.
2: Yeah, uh, obviously someone else who stood out on that Boxing Day game was the. The striking performance from McCauley Bond. I mean, two excellent goals and the assist for the Alfie Doughty winner wasn't, wasn't too bad either. Uh, then he goes and gets injured at uh, uh, um, Derby. I mean, he, he clearly pulled his hamstring quite early on in that game. Um, tried to carry on. Uh, had to come off at half time. Looks like he's going to be out for a, for a few weeks, as, as is the case with a hamstring injury. Um, controversial. I don't know if you saw some tweets from, I think it was his agent on Twitter, <laughs> that caused a bit of a stir. Um, but obviously, I mean, the, the fact is, you know, Bose is in a situation where he has to play him. He mm. didn't, he couldn't start Lyle because of the same reason he would get injured, and that's actually what ended up happening at Swansea anyway. Mm. Um, and this is partly why the, the the injury crisis is like a, you know, the, the a never ending cycle because if you're playing players when they shouldn't be injured, when, when they shouldn't be, because they might get injured, and you can't, but you can't rest them because everyone else is injured, they then get injured, and that, and that's the problem that, that we've got unfortunately at the moment.
3: Yeah, and I said it earlier, it's the league, it's stupid. They need to change it. Uh said it for years. Like nowhere else in Europe, everyone else has a break, even if it's two weeks. And I, like I get people like the Boxing Day fixture, fine, Boxing Day and New Year's Day, fine. But why are you cramming another two in between or just after? It makes no sense. So the, yeah, Bo has to play them. But it's like, the thing that cracks me up is like, you know, like, what was the, was it the checker trade where you used to get fined for undervaluing mm. the cup or whatever? It was like, well, if that's all you've got, that's all you've got. No one can dictate what you've got. And like, if he's after, if he has to play Macaulay Bond, because I'm pretty sure, if we had any other player or any other senior striker, even if Hemed was 80% fit, Bond wouldn't have played that game. But he had to. What's he going to do? Shove what? Shove sh- Shove Davison up there, which he probably had to in the end, or get someone else random who's even more less experienced than Josh Davison, put him up there. It's mm. a joke, but. You know, it's, you're always going to get it. You, all teams are going to get it. It's not just Chelten, it's the whole whole of England. So, and the worst thing is, the lower you go down, the smaller budgets you've got. It's all right for the Man Cities and Liverpool's where you can make eleven changes and you've still got a world class team. But you've got the smaller clubs. It's gonna, you're just gonna, you're just risking people's bodies. Really, it's yeah. just like it's mad. But yeah. anyway, I'll shut up now. <laughs> yeah, I mean
2: that 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 the performance at Derby never shut up, mate. We we always uh, we always value your opinion. That I mean that performance at Derby was particularly disappointing, and there is there is a level of acceptance with the injury problems that, that sometimes we're going to run out of steam but the, the performance you know was bad It, it they were sloppy they, they couldn't seem to string two passes together and that's why when we we go to Swansea a few days later um, and and yeah you know, we're on the back foot for the first 15-20 minutes and they, they've scored they've hit the post you mm. know you're worrying a little bit but the way they reacted to that was, was the thing that was most impressive Lewis because I mean you drove up to Derby you said it was a, it was a hell of a long drive back yeah. um, and it was it was not pretty unfortunately and, and in not one of those ones that you could put down to the injury crisis, because no matter what eleven you put out there, you expect them to be a bit more cohesive than they
4: were on the night. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that with with that derby game, we just I, I, it seems to be the Charlton way. We always seem to struggle against against ten men, and them going down to ten men that early seemed to make us worse. And I I don't really I don't really know why, but even from the off, I mean, Derby could have scored after ten seconds when they had that when they had a chance. Uh, which looked like it it came off the line, and then a couple of minutes after that, they're ahead anyway from from a bit of a you know lapse defending, and it was disappointing because they're down there as well, Derby, and they've you know they've not they were I wasn't overly impressed with how they played even in that two one, and obviously we we turned them over three nil when we played them here, but obviously we had a considerably different eleven then because of the injuries, but we've seen that even with a young and inexperienced side that we've been able to compete and that we've. Work hard for every ball, but as as Naif says, there you, you're asking these young players that haven't really got any league experience to go out there and and play ninety minutes on on Boxing Day, then three days later, then three days after that, then there's a cup game today. It's it you know they are athletes, but there's only so much the human body can take, and there's we're not in the in the position where we can make changes and freshen things up. And I think as much as I don't want to use the injuries as an excuse, for, especially for Derby, because I think that was all round. A poor performance, you you do have to lean on that because we don't have the ability to freshen it up, and you don't have the ability to give players a rest. You know those important players, the Conor Gallagher's, the Darren Prattley's, thirty four years of age, and he's playing ninety minutes week in week out every when mid weeks. You know over the Christmas period, Darren Prattley played ninety minutes over every game, and that you're asking a lot of of, play, of the players to to do that, especially when there's not a lot we can do to freshen it up or give people mm. a break.
2: So looking at the Table then, five points above the relegations. I says so Wigan uh, got a win the other day, didn't they? Uh, who are sitting twenty twenty second, so the the position we've got to be above and they're they're five points behind us. Our goal difference is a lot healthier. We've only got a goal difference of minus three. Uh, in fact we've got a best goal we've got the best goal difference in the uh in, in the bottom nine by the looks of it, by by, by some margin there, so a- almost worthy of an extra point, uh, in a way. Um, with the results then, Lewis, I mean you're feeling how are you feeling? Confident? We've still got these bodies to come back.
4: Yeah, I'm quietly confident because I don't. I think from what I've seen, I've seen enough to to show that I don't think that we will go down. I think we've got enough to stay up. I think the sooner we get people back and, and reinforcements through the door over this window, the better because it, it helps us become more competitive. But even with the the players that are out there now and all these youngsters, they're putting in performances and they're giving it their all and they're they're never getting turned over and I, and. I think that we're more than capable of of standing in the division, and obviously the the strong start we had definitely helped. But I do think that we've got enough to have an upturn in form uh, this you know on this half of the season. Mm. Once we've got the right reinforcements through the door and and got the players back that have been out for so long.
2: Because yeah. I guess you you look at the competition that's down there then now. So Luton and Barnsley, the two teams that we came up with, uh, both sitting on twenty one points. Uh, Barnsley did have a couple of wins about five games ago. Luton winless and in their last five at least and then probably going on a lot further than that you see I mean in, in terms of competition down there you don't I, I, you never feel like the likes of Luton or Barnsley or even Wigan have actually looked like putting a run together you know, to the extent that we did in, in, in the opening stage of the season obviously that can change but that that does fill you with a bit of up the odd win here but mm. on, on a, a downward tra- trajectory as well you, you've, you, we only need four more wins and what three more draws now and then and then I'll be happy and I think we'll be safe
3: at some point I don't know why I just think they'll probably end up coming up I think the only the only concern if there is one is the is that we are five points off, if, off uh, was it Derby and Borough aren't we that's the only little bit of we just need to make up that five point gap at the moment and then I'd feel a little bit because what you don't want to do is Derby then to cut away from us and then that five points goes to eight or something like that because then you're just you've literally got a mini league and you've got finished top of it so um but yeah, I can't, I mean, yeah, Luton, Luton, Barnsley, Wigan, we lost 2-0 to them, two set plays, which is disappointing. Yeah, I am not. I probably am being biased, but I, I can see f- three or four worse of teams. I mean, if you look at Huddersfield when they came here and they won in the last minute, they didn't exactly play us off the park, did they? So, And they've just literally been relegated from the Premier League. So I think we'll be fine. I just, like you say, just need to get some key players back. And not only key players, players that make us play the way that Boja wants us to play. Because not being horrible to Prattley, if you're playing him DM, he's not going to do a Cullen, He's not going to make you tick over. He'll do the nasty bits of the game and he does it very well. But he's not, we're not playing the way that we, you know, Boja doesn't want to play a free at the back. He wants to play his diamond, might play away from home. But we haven't got that fluidity in the moment. and So the quicker they get back, the better. Mm, excellent stuff. Right, we're coming to the end of this evening's
2: uh, chat on live. Our first show back uh, since the Christmas break. Don't forget, we'll be back here on. Thursday evening with uh, the big match preview West Brom at home getting tired of that fixture now uh, just glad we didn't draw today otherwise it would have been West Brom uh, three, three games in a row with a replay um, but it, that that will be a tough one obviously West Brom and Leeds are both sitting nine points ahead of the rest uh, in the championship so uh, clearly a very good team hopefully we'll give them a game at least a little bit uh, like we did today and so just pick up the odd point here and there that's all we need to do to ensure uh, that we stay up uh, in the championship it'll be a very interesting week I think coming up with the uh, Probably going to hear the, for the first time from Matt Southall in the next few days, the new uh, chairman here at the Valley. So be excited uh, to hear uh, from him uh, as well. Right, uh, coming to the end of the show, uh, Lewis and Nathan, thanks for coming in. Good to see you. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. mate. Much love. Yeah, everyone. Uh, thanks for leaning into the mic and saying
3: that, Nathan. Much love. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh,
2: I've been Louis Mendes. Uh, thank you for listening to uh, Chat on Live. We'll be back here on Thursday evening. We shall see you later. <laughs>